Wednesday, September 13th, um, Eagle Valley Transportation Authority Board of Directors meeting. Um, if we could call to order and I'd like an approval of the agenda. Tanya, do, do we have an amendment to the agenda for the two documents you sent? We do have an amendment to the agenda. Um, item number five, the Ecotransit updates. We have two documents that were added. One was a draft contract with SP+. Um, the second is a resolution that would allow uh, the board to approve that draft contract in, in uh, approve that draft contract with minor amendments as, a, as um, deemed necessary by myself or um, the EBTA attorneys. Okay, thank you for that. So that's one addition. Any other additions to the agenda? Could I have a motion to approve the agenda? So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. Uh, could we take a roll call as well? Okay, I'll take a roll call this morning since uh, Vanessa's helping us out on the Zoom. Uh, Director Amy Phillips, Town of Avon. Here. Director Dave Eicholt, Beaver Creek Metro District. Here. Director Earl Bedez, Town of Minter. Here. Director Jeannie McQueenie, Eagle County. Here. Director Dana Veljasic, Town of Redcliffe. Here. Director Nick Sunday, Town of Eagle. Here. And Director Barry Davis, Town of Vale. Here. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much for that. Our next item is the approval of the minutes and financial statement. Does anyone have any questions or d discussion for any of those items? I was going to say, I'm not going until Dave's good with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd just like to have it noted in also in attendance section um, that Larry Tenenholz was present. Larry Tenenholz, okay. Oh, there he is. Thank you, Larry. Yes, and if we could make note that Larry is in attendance again today, that would be great. Um, any other comments or additions? Well, just for yes. Just for the sake of clarity, I, you know, Director Allen, I think, is more properly referenced as Executive Director Allen in the minutes, as opposed to a Board Director. Thank you for that clarification. I would agree with that. <clears throat> no further comments. So do we have a mo motion to approve with Dave's changes? This is Joanna Kerwin. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I would just re request one change in attendance. It says Joanna Kerwin, community member, Town of Edwards. I would request that the Town of Edwards be updated to Edwards Metro District. Thank you for that, Joanna. We will make that change as well. Thank you. Do I have a motion to approve with those changes? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, so that passes unanimously. Our next item up is public comment. Obviously, we've got Joanna Kerwin from the Edwards Metro District in attendance. Um, Joanna, uh, do you or anyone else either on Zoom or in the room have any uh, general comments to make that are not with regard to a topic on the agenda? Okay, hearing Sorry. none and seeing none. Sorry. This oh. is Joanna. Can you hear me? Yep. 
I apologize that I am not in person. Um, this is Joanna Kerwin making a comment as a community member. My request is that the board work with the RTA and get um, with your planning departments to make sure that the RTA is included on all referral letters sent out for development and community input. Um, I'm bringing this up because um, during the Woolcott uh, PUD sketch plan, it was brought up by one of the county commissioners that the RTA was not reached out to while ECO was. Um, and then I noticed um, on the latest uh, referral letter that went out um, regarding the building in Edwards uh, that the county's putting in, um, ECO was included, but the RTA was not. So I'm thinking that it's pro the RTA is probably not being included on any of the referral letters to any of the other communities. Thank you. Thank you very much for making that observation. I suspect you may be correct. Um, perhaps we can, uh, Tanya, may make a note, uh, a communication directly to the planning departments of each Eagle County as well as each of the seven, six towns um, to request that, oh, and, and gypsum, because even though gypsum is not in the direct, in the, uh, Authority gypsum developments obviously will have a future impact on the transit authority. Thank you very much for making that observation, Joanna. Um, can I ask a question? Yes. Um, that feels a little bit like we need legal uh, advice on that only because referral comments go to certain entities. Anybody in the community can make um, comments. Um, so I'm not, not just not sure of what our legal status is in requesting referral comments until we're sort of, I don't know, <laughs> somewhere further along in our transition. And so I just want to make sure we run that past legal um, because referral comments don't go to just absolutely everybody. They're, they're, it's, it's a legal term. Yes, thank you very much for that observation. I'll make a note and I'll check with our legal counsel. We don't have them online today. They were at the Special District Association conference, um, but I'll follow up with them and, and clarify. It's a great suggestion. Do we have any other members of the public that would like to make any comments either on Zoom? If you're on Zoom, please raise your hand. Or if you're in the room, please come to the podium. Seeing none, we'll go on to our next item, which is item five, the eco-transit update. Thank you, and for this item, we're gonna have Larry Tenenholz come on up <laughs> and give us some updates on where we are with the winter schedule planning and the service enhancements we expect to be able to bring online this winter. Hi. <clears throat> Waiting for the screen just for a second. Oh, does it really? Ah, boy, high tech, huh? <laughs> well, hey, while, while we're waiting, I want to let you know one of the items I am bringing up is we uh, got the okay to purchase five Proterra buses. For, I thought I'd get a little laugh for that. Come on now. Especially from you, I thought I'd get something. <laughs> no, we, we did get approval for five hybrids. Um, so we're on the list. Uh, it'll be another year and a half, two years before they get here. But I, I just figured, uh, really, Barry, you surprised me. So when you say approval, from county, county, 
board for spending county money on, on five hybrids. That is correct. But not matching grants, or do we pursue no, matching those, grants? Those are uh, our funds. Those are with our funds. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Ah, okay. So the first thing I'd like to show you now, you have it in text on your report, of course, but figured we put it a little graphical. It's a little easier to see. Vanessa, could you go up a little or down, whichever way you want to say it? To down a little. Yeah. So you see more green? This is our 200 West schedule. It's internal, so it's not a public guide yet. So it's a little, little different than what the public sees. Keep going, going down. So is 200 West Highway 6 westbound? Yeah, that, that's, that's correct. Oh, OK. Well, any, well, anyway, graphically, you can see where we, eated, we added the trips. And that, that shows, a, a, when we get there, shows it a lot better than just that text. Um, maybe. <laughs> Since neither are readable or understandable, can you explain them? Sure. Uh, Please. Well, it, it, we could, could you make that up to 90% too? And then we can, along the top, dark blue, those are your time points. Okay, so it's all the time points that are recreated for the bus to follow. Reading. Reading across, it's VTC mm -hmm. on the furthest left. Right. Then Forest Service, Dowd, so and then the it proceeds along to Highway 6 at the east. Okay. Okay, well, across the top, you have the, uh, the time points, which are for the bus route. Down the left side, you have the route name. And then those going across are every trip that that bus makes, or buses make. It may not be, it won't be the same bus, of course. So going across is the trips that that bus makes. Further down, you would see that, you would see that AM trip that we added. You would see that PM trip that we added uh, if you run the east side. And then further down from that, you would see the added half-hour service that we put on for the Highway 6. And then further down from that, you would see the night trip that we added. And it's just easier to see graphically than in the text. Uh, but Well, uh, where in the text are you referring? Okay. The, what, what page? No, no, it's that, that, that schedule that was up on the screen. Oh, you don't have it? No, no. It was just up on the screen. That's, you don't have it written. In the future, would you mind including what you're going to discuss in the board packet? Well, that, yes, certainly. That, but that, it's an internal document, and we didn't un know if it would be Well, we're pretty, insi pretty much insiders good. here, right? Good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye -bye. OK, thank you. But you know, it, it's hard for us to follow right. well, it, the it, ethereal. It, it wouldn't be if it really was on the screen, to tell you the truth. But that, that's OK. But it's unreadable there, yeah. too. OK. OK. There we go. OK, so if, if you go down. Yeah, I think we want to look at the additions that are in green at the lower part of the schedule. Right, there you go. There we go. Further. Keep Low. going. There yeah. we go. 
so, so you can see how much service was added. You may not be able to see the times, I mean, but you can see that there's a lot of service added to this Highway 6 for our winter schedule. And that's what we wanted to show you. Now, of course, this is westbound. Of course, appropriate side would be eastbound, right? So looking at that, just making sure to clarify, at 7.35 p.m., we are adding a new vehicle that will be traveling from the Vail Transit Center headed west. We're adding another new vehicle at 8.35, another at 9.35, another at 10.35. And if you could go down a little bit more, I believe we've got another at, if you can drop down. Okay, so then at 10.35, then 11.05, 12.05, and we've added 1.05. So we're adding half hour increments westbound from Vail Transit starting at 7.35 p.m., which should help eliminate some of that crowding and leaving people at the transportation center stranded. Correct, and then appropriate, the, the east side adds those trips too. Right. And, and where does, since I can't see it on the screen here, uh, where does this route terminate? Well, it goes from BTC. Oh, I know that's where it starts. I got that part. Yeah, further, well, I can't see anything. Yeah. So, so, it, so it, where does it terminate? At, at the um, Lake Lake Village. Lake, Lake Creek Village in Edwards. Yeah. So west of the. Thank you. So is there an uh, increase of routes in the medium as well? <clears throat> So is there an increase in AM routes? Yep. Okay. There's one, this, this first green line, mm -hmm. that was, if you look at your text, there was an added AM and an added PM church. Those are the, that, that represents that church. Okay. Thanks. Okay, going on to the next addition that we're proposing with SP Plus, that's the contractor that we're, that we're talking I, about going on. I, I thought, just, I'm sorry, I, mm -hmm. in the description, I thought that we also added eastbound in the morning. Is yeah, that? That's correct. That one trip up on top. It's just one. Right. Goes one way and then goes the other way. So it's an east and a westbound trip. So at 5.30 a.m. we're adding one trip earlier. I'm uh, sure that was the time. That's correct. Okay. And what you're referring to is in the memo that we received, um, which is there's some specific improvements, the second paragraph of the memo that says the addition of a later trip from Vail Transportation Center, mm -hmm. Center um, that's referring to the Highway 6 route. Right. The next one is referring to Highway 6, and then one additional, those are all Highway 6. Correct. Okay. All, all this was trying to do was visually show what's in the text. Okay, thank you. Okay. Now the next, next part, the next paragraph is, is the contract with SP Plus for some additional service. 
in Beaver Creek Vale. Before we okay. go there, go these will be operated by ECO? That is correct. The ones we just finished discussing. Correct. It, and the way I understood it, we have the capacity to add those by contracting out the Vale Beaver Creek service. Close. The Vale Beaver Creek service does save us one bus and two operators because now the contractor, if we, if we contract out, will save that time. So we put that into this, but we also put into additional operators and uh, which we have great success with in hiring operators for this winter season coming up. Uh, so uh, yes on part of that answer, but also on part of just our developing additional services internally. Okay. Oh, okay, thanks. And that's the Beaver Creek Vale one. Now, we used to run, and here's what you were saying, we reallocated that source, right? We used to run the hourly service, AM and PM. Now that's all going to be contracted out, plus, if it's approved, <laughs> plus all the green is additional service that will be contracted out. But we will on the eco-transit side, be saving that one bus and those two operators. And that's part of how we added that other service too. So if you, if you go down, you'll see uh, that's a, a bunch of service going added on Beaver Creek. And that is the part that we're presenting to be contracted out. Where does the... Just wondering, where did the data for that route come from? And I guess my question is, how are people going to use that route? You're not expecting that route to be riders going VTC to Beaver Creek Village. No. Or, like, that's just, yeah, I'm just me, trying to understand it and yeah. understand the, the additional routes. It seems Perfect. like Perfect. a lot of addition. Jeff, why don't you, because he's part of the run cutting planning division, let him, let him just address it. So the effort to try to establish a, a new um, the fare free system, we wanted to make sure we had a system, a part of the system that we knew was going to be successful. So the Vale to Beaver Creek piece is an, an expansion to be able to bring those buses in from SP plus. Um, we won't require the fare boxes that we do on our normal buses. So we've expanded the service. Um, we know that there's a need for that service. We know that it's not going to, all the buses aren't going to be full. Um, all the time, but we know that there's a need for people going back and forth. It'll also assist us with some of our ride um, problems from Avon Station to Vale Transportation Center and back again because that bus will actually service that area, alleviating some of those um, heavy loads that come out of Avon and go down Highway 6 all the way to um, Vail during the midday part or mid part of the day. So that's why we wanted to make sure that we've added these new routes in there so we have. 20-minute um, service during peak times um, to be sure that we've got enough buses during the peak time. We know the peak time is going to be our, our best time to carry um, folks who want to actually travel to, um, to Vail and to Beaver Creek for the day. Midday is mostly for the locals going back and forth. A lot of that service we anticipate using um, having local ridership on those buses. Do, do we have any data... I mean, I know just from people I know that if you live in live in and work live in and work in Vale, but then you take your second job in Beaver Creek, 
that's going to make it easier for those people, because I, I know a lot of Avon people have one job in Vail and then their second job in Beaver Creek, and this increased service is going to make it so that they'll be able to do that without getting on the Highway 6 bus more easily. Correct. This will, will alleviate a transfer of any kind um, if they are going from Vail to Beaver Creek or vice versa. Um, the other thing that we noticed quite a bit when we went last winter to the um, the fare reduction, this uh, the board eco board approved um, reducing the fare on the Vail Beaver Creek Express from seven dollars back to four dollars, um, and we our ridership grew enormous. It was I don't have the numbers with me right now, but the ridership just kept going going because it, it made it better. People could use their locals could use their normal pass instead of a premium pass to be able to access this bus. So getting from Beaver Creek down to Avon even um, was much easier for them to do that without a transfer of utilizing the Beaver Creek service and then having to catch an Avon bus in or one of our buses and still having to pay a fare to go into town. And if I could just add a little to that, you know, part of the reason we did that experiment reducing from that seven to four dollars was really to kind of test some of the assumptions about what this route did. Um, that seven dollar price was really pricing it as a premium service, as a skier service to do something specific, and it just wasn't very successful at that price point. And what we found was that when we lowered that price, when we made it more part of the normal system that people could use, um, then we found that people were using it for all sorts of purposes, um, that it was just generally a broader enhancement to the transit system to mobility for everyone in the area um, and you know helped us determine that there are some other benefits to that route beyond just being a skier shuttle which is how it had been positioned for a couple of years this the route that was four dollars last year this is now a four dollar route no I mean it's a it was a four dollar route now it's a fair free route correct correct so you live in Eagle Vale you can catch the first bus and get to Vale or Beaver Creek Village for free for, not from Eagle Vale, but from Avon. From Avon. Correct. Thank you. I'm sorry? Correct. There's only, there's only three stops on the route, basically. Yep. So right, so it, it generates from Beaver Creek Village, stops at Avon Station. It does stop in three spots in Vail, South Frontage Road, um, in Lion's Head, which is the parking structure to access that area. And then the hospital, um, South Frontage Road and Vail Road, that's where that stop is. There's quite a few people to get off there, um, accessing all sorts of municipality um, issues. And then the transportation center um, before it heads back to Beaver Creek. And then it goes directly to Avon Station from the Vail Transportation Center and then directly from the Avon Station to Beaver Creek Village. Is that the route it ran last year? Yes. So it, so it gets off I-70 at the main Vail Exchange and flips back over to Lion's Head and, and or does it get off in West Vail and just trucks along until um, until Lion's Head. West, it gets off in Westvale. Okay, gets off along. in Westvale, trucks along, stop, 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 pick up skiers along the way because I'm presuming a lot of people get on at Lion's Head since that's about a, a pretty big bed base. A good, actually, a good lot, amount of uh, employees get on in Lion's Head. 
transportation centers where we pick up most of the skier traffic itself. Okay, but there, but we did experience when we went from seven to four an increase in local workers using the system at four dollars because it was no longer premium and it was more part of their daily pass. Yes, the, mostly the pass usage was what they used, so they were able to use the normal. Um, four dollar pass or the normal monthly pass on that where they weren't able to use that prior to that got it so some of those people might continue to buy the four four dollar pass we just don't know correct and this leg they just won't have to flash it correct okay thank you Well, let's talk about the uh, contract with SP plus the um, recommended contract. It's for the whole season, and it's for multiple years. It's for um, on four buses, five buses. The contract itself is open-ended so that we can uh, add buses if we need to, can add employees if we need to. Um, it has a cost per employee, cost per bus, so depending upon how you finalize this contract depends upon the final cost, but the cost in there is a very good estimate, and we have the contract for the cost for this service. Um, and it's, uh, I believe, $1.2 million in, 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 yeah, a little less than that. And that includes all the, uh, all the operator associated costs, all the workers' comp, the insurances, this, all the uh, maintenance done on the vehicle. Um, other than any catastrophic uh, breakdown might, might cost some, some additional funds, of course. Uh, but uh, it's pretty inclusive. Uh, SP Plus does this nationwide. They're a big company. Um, I have some information on SP Plus if anybody would like that. But it's, it's a very big company. They, they do this. They operate mostly, uh, most all of your parking structures. That's where they started in business, but now they've expanded for many years through contracting and contracting shuttle services at probably 70-plus airports. So they're just a transit-friendly uh, business and very easy to work with so far. So that's do, where we're at. Do we have any estimated ridership numbers with the new schedule, what we would estimate we will see? I mean, I know it's throwing a dart at a board, yeah, that, that's a real dot because, I was, and of course, I was talking to, to Jeff about that same thing. When, when you provide hourly service only AM and PM peak, and now all of a sudden you're providing a real usable service, um, sure, we can throw out numbers, but no, there, there really are no projections at this point because it's a completely new service. To some degree, what we do think we'll see with it, though, is relief of some of those oh, overcrowding yeah. problems that we've had. Because mm -hmm. um, what we found six, is that most yeah. of the folks that are riding on 6 and riding on 6 in the afternoon, um, when we had hourly service in the evening through the past um, through, through the past winter, we found that you know people wait an hour, and in an hour, a lot of people accumulate at that stop, and sometimes we would find ourselves in situations where we didn't have enough vehicles at that stop. So providing the half-hour service will help with those crowding problems as well as just make it a, a, a faster and more reliable um, and, and potentially bring some riders back who had decided that the hourly service wasn't meeting their needs for one or, or both reasons. And, and do you have any wild guess? 
I would say that in general, you know, and this is just kind of going into the science of projecting impacts of fares and impacts of, of, of service improvements, you, you generally see, um, for something like this, I, I don't think we'd see exponential increases in the use the way you would going from a fare-based system to a fare-free system or from an hourly frequency to a 10 to 15 minute right. frequency. Um, there probably is some increase. I would, I would guess we're still looking, um, you know, given, given the nature of our ridership, um, I, I guess we're still looking at 10 to 15 percent increases, um, not exponential increases. And, and would they, what kind of vehicles are we talking about? Uh, they're, they're furnishing the vehicles. Right? 40 foot killers. Same, same vehicles we use now. Same okay. type vehicle. Okay, so are they, are they, uh, sorry, are they hybrid or? No, no, they, they'll be diesels. Okay. Go ahead. Um, while it's fare free, will SP Plus have the uh, capability on these buses to collect data on numbers of people getting on and off at, in, at you know, individual stops? One of, one of the things we are trying to work out is to get clever devices on those buses. Now, we won't have a fare box, but if we get clever and APC, uh, automatic passenger counters on there, we'll be able to maintain that. If so not, we will be there'll able be one way or the other, yes. One we will be able to get right count heads. Yes. Even if it's entering and exiting the bus and I'll, I'll by stop. Straight up, even if it's a manual <clears throat> in the old days used to hit a hit, hit a little counter to count people on. Even if it's go back that far that we will be able to track ridership one way or the other. Hopefully okay. electronically, but if not but manual, we will gather the data works. so we can have an intelligent you discussion Otherwise about you don't know. is this a good thing or a Expense. something that needs to be improved. Right. Okay. You betcha. Number one. Number two, um, on you know the next to the last paragraph on page 14 of the uh, board packet, it re references nine buses and nine operators. Yet the SP plus agreement talks about four buses. Correct. We, so which is correct? Well, we can have up to nine. Okay. But, but they're four starting. Four is the start. Yes. Four is and the start. And if it does go to nine, does that, what does that do to operating costs and our liability? Okay. Uh, well, each bus costs approximately, I have the exact figure, uh, but approximately $15,000 a month between lease and maintenance. Okay. Okay. So in the 1.2 million is four buses. Right, because you need three to operate the service, one for a spare. Right. Okay. So if you go to nine, that that fifteen thousand would get increased by five. Right. Five buses more. Right. Okay. But we put that in the contract to allow us the ability, if it does work and we need more service and you want more service, we have that ability in this contract. Okay. Well, great. Uh, intuitively, Tanya, I think you know, with the increased service frequency and the improved financial uh, package offering, 
that we will see something close to exponential growth. Yeah, and I apologize. I think I misinterpreted the previous question. I was, I was, I was answering with respect to Highway 6 and the half-hour service improvements there. So I, I think you're correct. I think as far as Vail Beaver Creek Express ridership compared to previous years with this arrangement would see, oh, would yeah. see exponential growth. Um, however, the service plan that is presented would accommodate that growth because it's okay. a substantial increase in the service right. based on what we've offered in previous years. And, and I don't have the numbers off of my, they're, they're in there somewhere and I'm not going to dig them out, but um, rider efficiency for that particular route, even under limited service and charging for it, was pretty competitive with other routes within the system. So the, you've sweetened the deal on a couple of levels and I think we're going to see terrific utilization. Well, I, I also think it's going to relieve pressure off of Highway 6 mm -hmm. because now you've got someone that rather than taking Highway 6, and I'm going to pick on Walmart, rather than taking Highway 6 to Walmart, they're going to take this bus to Avon Station and jump on Avon Transit to get right. fare free. And I think you'll, we'll see a good number of folks in, definitely in Avon for sure, and probably to some degree Eagle Vale, because it is so walkable from much of Eagle Vale up to Walmart. You might even see a reduction in some ridership on Highway 6 because people will move over to the free service. So that's why it's kind of, when you ask the question, I got to admit, I, I thought you were talking about Highway 6 also. So that's why I was, but yeah, on the free service, you're going to grow from 5% to 120%. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Jeannie. So I don't mean to ask this flippantly, but does SP plus have housing for these folks? <laughs> uh, what, one, of, one of the things And if so, could we steal them? No. <laughs> the, the answer to that is they have said they do. Uh, they pull in operators from other areas. They're not operators coming from Bell, this, the Valley. Uh, they're coming from California. They're coming. Right, it, it's nationwide. Right. So uh, they are well aware of that, and they have to provide <laughs> housing everywhere they go. They said, no, we do that all the time. We have great deals with even some of the hotels here. I said, okay, as long as you know. And um, they said they put that in their rate uh, per operator. So I said, okay. One thing I will note, um, part of the reason we're, we're putting this forward and discussing it is we view it as an opportunity to test some of these contracting assumptions this winter um, to see if this is a viable model to help us grow and expand the system in future seasons. This isn't a model that we as Ecotransit have used before. Um, so there is a bit of a learning curve associated with how we manage it, what it looks like, and whether their promises really do uh, meet expectations. And before we'd move forward with any sort of recommendation to really be contracting out any part of the system on a larger scale, we'd want to make sure that we understand the quality of, of what is provided and how it works. And in going with this path this winter, it allows us to make some immediate improvements, immediate service delivery improvements, um, take some pressure off other elements of our system, and really assess how viable this is as a component of our expansion um, on our expansion plans and projects moving forward. Okay, well, if it's any comfort, um, Beaver Creek Metro, Vail Resorts, Beaver Creek Resort Company have been using 
SP plus to augment our system, mm -hmm. and this would be a similar sort of augmentation to Eco Eagle Valley Transit Authority for two seasons, so now going into our third season, and it has worked um, splendidly. So I feel comfortable going down this path with this firm. Thank you for that. Earl, did you have any comments? Uh, sorry, I just if I could take it off. Um, so is there any other enhancements to the systems um, uh, outside of the Avon Vail um, routes? This is what we have planned right now. Um, there is flexibility in that SP plus contract with adding additional vehicles to potentially employ additional vehicles to do additional things and make additional enhancements. Um, we've structured the contract intentionally that way. We don't currently have something that we've priced and planned. I mean, I agree with this is the biggest commercial bottleneck, so I think that's the appropriate first step. Okay, so as we're thinking it, about what more we might do, uh, would it be possible to explore the cost and feasibility of adding something like an Eagle to Vail Express route? And that would be, uh, you know, morning rush, evening rush hour service kind of provision not all day long but just do that and you you guys can think about what stops though it's counterintuitive that an express service has stops but you know yeah. where would it you know flow along in that line I'd like to see if, if we really get ambitious and really start pushing the envelope on um, implementation of what we promised voters a year ago, um, something like a Eagle to Vail Transit Authority Transit Center uh, Express Route would be a big deal, and I would also suggest that that too is part of the fare free um, philosophy that we we've floated out there. That, that is actually um, absolutely something we can explore. And we have started to do a little bit of um, modeling on that and make some cost estimates on that. And Larry, do you want to yeah, sure. introduce uh, this? First, so you have that 1.2 for that existing service that we are asking for the OK to process. Um, to do that, Eagle Avon Vale Express, if you do 2 AM trips, 2 PM trips, which seems like a good way to start. Uh, you're looking at about 500, not about, $580,905, so $600,000 for that project. Uh, that's with three buses. So why don't we do it? I, just say yes. With, uh, we're ready. Well, I'm, I'm ready to say yes. Put something in front of us. Yeah. No, that, I, I know we're okay, but uh, we're, I can post this right now so. if you want. We're more than okay. Okay. Well, um, actually, I can't post it from this computer. Um, maybe We're embarrassingly okay. Uh, yeah. Well, here, your total for both services, uh, and that's 
There would be a, a volume discount, I assume, from SP+. Plus. Not, not really, unfortunately. <laughs> and in fact... Uh, well, you haven't started negotiating yet. Not yet. You're, not, you're right. Um, about $1.7 uh, That also includes... There's some setup fees for the, for the buses to get them ready for us to do. So it includes everything that we could come up with now. But again, it is an estimate. It is a, a, a good estimate. But it's $1.7 for both types of services. Um, I have the sheet, and it's in the contract. The first part's in the contract, but those costs, all you got to do is extrapolate the hours you're going to run. That's why we wrote the contract the way we did. So if we add stuff, you just... Well, I'm, I'm sure there's more detail to it than that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's LDs involved. Uh, you know, that's yeah, the way course. I would do it. Of course. But I'm not a professional. Yeah, of course. No, we have that, we have that all lined out. Um, if there's a way I can post... Uh, let, yeah, I'm not connected on this one. Well, there is a meeting next month, so can you have well, some detail by then for us? And if, that it, if that's so? too late, can you get it to us before the meeting? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so I just want to make sure I understand what this um, 585000 I think you said? Yes. Okay. So that would be two vehicles... Or would it be one vehicle? No, it's three vehicles. Actually. It's three vehicles. Okay. Three. And so those three vehicles would pick up in Eagle at one stop. So that main stop by the roundabout. Okay. Is that correct? I, I don't. Here, let me get Jeff back up. Okay. Again, I'm here two months. I want to make sure I know. I don't. I know all the stops. I think, but <laughs> let, let Jeff. <laughs> let Jeff. Let's make sure you get the right information. The man can't even eat his lunch. Sorry. It's okay. okay. Excuse me. What we're looking at right now, I mean, it's still in flux. Mm -hmm. So we can create it in any way we want to. We do have it to where, excuse me, those would pick up and um, actually generate out of Eagle Valley High School, go to um, Chambers Park and Ride, and then directly to Avon Station and then Vail. Um, we felt Avon Station was still a, a, a imperative to be able to stop there. Absolutely. Uh, whether we cut that out or not is up to the board. Um, but that's really what we're looking at. And, and the reason we need the number of buses, because it's an it's a over two-hour loop to go back and forth, um, we need the number of drivers and the number of buses to make that work. And, and adding Freedom Park? I mean, I'm just looking at... I'm just looking at uh, Fairness Valley wide, and it feels to me that if we're doing chambers, you know, are we doing chambers, freedom, Avon station, veil? Because then we are really being equitable up and down I 70. Because I do worry that once we start something free, it's never going to be able to un be unfree. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I just, from a sustainability and a fairness perspective, it seems like at least modeling what it takes to add Freedom Park. And, and part of what I'm thinking of is there, you know, there's just so much activity at that hub. It's not nearly as busy as Avon Station, but um, it's just a question. Well, it's possible. I mean, the, one, the reality of the more buses you put out there that are gonna be free, you're gonna have more people who are willing to wait specifically for that bust to avoid either the $4 or the youth $2 or a um, senior $2 fare. Um, 
I think that we will see a good portion of our current ridership move from, especially when these buses uh, coming out of Eagle in particular, um, it's gonna be in between a couple other buses. All these buses will be between two existing buses. So depending on the timing, a lot of people will be willing to wait that extra 20 minutes or even 30 minutes or even come in earlier to catch that free bus. And I think these will be highly successful, but you're right in that once you put them out there, it's gonna be hard to pull them back. Well, and I also, um, I just also think of the dispersion along the spine, mm -hmm. because I mean, this is, this is about getting our workers to where they work. And I, I, I just feel like, um, if we're gonna if we're gonna do that, um, we at least need to talk about is there, and maybe it's two different systems: one that goes Eagle, Avon, Vale, Freedom Park, Avon, Vale. Which that loop is gonna only be that I think you can do that in an hour, but I'm not the professional you are. Uh, so that I just am looking from a fairness perspective because I think. I think the goal of getting transportation for people trying to get to work and home from work is, at least it's my number one priority. So it's just food for thought. It's definitely, we can do it. Um, and adding Freedom Park will change the dynamics a little, but not such a huge thing that it would change the costs um, in a large amount. It'll change the costs a little bit because the time timing will change a little bit. But. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that would add a bus and an operator. Yeah, because part of me so also said, time, yeah. If you guys want to come back at our next meeting with maybe this fleshed out a little more. So a, a suggestion I could make maybe for how we can move this forward is um, with the SP Plus contract, I think we have a clear plan for how we would use that to run that Vail Beaver Creek service, as well as the possibility within the parameters of that contract to add this additional service as well after discussing with SP Plus. What we could do, if you're comfortable generally today with going forward with SP Plus to run that Vail Beaver Creek service, we can also return at the next meeting um, with this as a possible addition more fleshed out for approval specifically on this as an addition to that service. Plan. Cool. Um, so I'm clear on this. The, the thinking on the Eagle Vale Transit um, Express is an all day service or a prime time service? Peak prime, service. Prime time, peak service. Okay, thanks. So uh, I would. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I would appreciate we spend a little bit more time at the next meeting talking about this because I'm getting a little bit confused as to whether this is ECO and recommendations from ECO or if it's the RTA and we're sort of directing two different people and and I understand that there's a contract and we could we could jump on that but it also I, I'd like it to be for us as the RTA a little bit more strategic in like is this our number one priority or is it just convenient because there's a contract we could expand? And so I just need to understand that a little bit more within the context of RTA's strategic plan and, and what, we, what we're working on next. That's a good discussion to have. So what do you all envision? How long are we going to be using SP Plus until we get our buses and our drivers and everybody intact and, and there? Or is this like a continual service? 
I think there's an expectation of, is it two years in this contract, Larry? Three. Three. Three, three. three years. Three years is the expectation in this contract. Um, any, and that basically brings us roughly to the point where we believe we would have vehicles in our fleet um, capable of handling the expansion, potentially drivers in our fleet capable of handling the expansion, depending on how we approach hiring. Um, what I would say is I don't know whether we could say firmly today that this is a temporary or a permanent solution to any part of our, to, to how our system will run in the future. When I think about where we are now, where we need to be, there's multiple scenarios where it could be, for example, a combination of a certain number of core employees with contracted service that is used to provide particular routes at particular times of year for particular functions. Um, or it could be that we, as an entity, provide all of the drivers all of the vehicles for all of our routes. I think there's kind of a continuum there where it can be us doing everything to us doing some to us doing nothing, which seems extremely unlikely. But um, you know, I think there could be a future role for contracting in our system, given the expansions and contractions we see, and given also the possibility that over time there may be routes we want to try <laughs> um, and see how they work. Um, but as it stands right now, um, I couldn't tell you that this is a permanent solution forever. Um, I can say it's a short-term solution that we would revisit, reevaluate how it's working and whether it makes sense in, in the context of, of our overall plan. Yeah. Are they providing, I must write, I didn't get a chance to read the, your email from yesterday, but are they providing operators as well? Yes. Drivers? Yes. Okay. This is drivers, vehicles, and maintenance for the specific okay. vehicles that they are providing. So, so that they're not and, adding an added maintenance. And, and Beaver Creek's experience is that they we use SP Plus as uh, a flexible unit right. that can you know we can pull in and offload as demand requires. Uh, the model for us is that we own the buses mm -hmm. and are contracting with SP Plus for drivers as the, the seasonal demands go up and down. So there, there are lots of variations, but uh, doing it all or doing it none seems to be uh, a commitment too far. I like to have the flexibility to fine tune on the fly. Thank you for that. Dana, did go ahead. Um, isn't the purpose of an RTA, I thought we were moving towards having control and owning all of the system. I, I didn't expect that there would be like a um, SP plus situation and an RTA established. I, I, but I was just assuming, I don't know. So well, and I, are we working towards that to have control or is it still questionable? Well, I think what we're doing right now is given the challenges for both stock and drivers, this that's why this is a three ter, three year avoid. term and I think the best way to think of it is what we're really expanding our control over is the quantity and the quality of service and using every tool at our disposal to be able to do that and in this case you know one of the issues we have is we don't have the drivers we don't have the vehicles to put that service on the road and by finding another partner out there to do it now we'd be able to do that and it's again, sort of a test of if is this a way that really allows us to deliver on that core commitment, which is more service, better service, more accessible service. For and we'll be making our own statistics in the process, mm -hmm. analyzing our situation along the way. Go ahead. 
So I just want to say, because it's one of the things that we're struggling with, and, and one of the examples that we had early on was what kind of RTA do we want to be? Because there is an example of an RTA that everybody is contract. Mm -hmm. Absolutely everybody is, I can't remember who, it's someone in Colorado, is, it's, it's all contract. Smart and Gunnison both. Yeah, so, yeah. so <laughs> but that, that is sort of what we're thinking about as we move forward is, is what do we want to be? Do we want to have key employees? Do we want to have all employees? You know, so that's part of what we're working through. Thank you for that. Um, so do we have direction on looking at some of these other options at our next meeting? So Larry, do you have more for us? Nope, that's it for SP+. Yes. Okay, and so we have a contract in front of us and you're looking for board approval to move forward with the contract as well as with the commitment for the four buses to do Vail Beaver Creek. And then at our next meeting, we'll explore whether we can use additional contract buses through SB Plus to pro provide some additional services, um, knowing that anything coming through SB Plus is going to be fare free. Correct. Correct. So, go ahead. I just wanted to make a couple observations on this. First of all, thank you for thinking about Down Valley Eagle because as everybody knows, 70% of our workforce comes up Valley. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out is that gypsum is not part of this and I don't know how we structure that. That's not up for discussion today. I think we have enough to talk about, but it's something I think we need to think about because they were talking how this would also include gypsum on that fare free service. They who? These guys did. I thought you said. No. No, I, I did. I he did. He said Eagle Valley High School, which is in Gypsum. Uh, I didn't speak. I didn't look at that, then that uh, you misspoke. It would be Freedom Park to Vail Transportation Center. Chambers. 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 Or wherever, not Gypsum, because See, they are not a part of this system. But I, I do think that this speaks to how we need more discussion because we could contract with gypsum if we felt as if it needs to start at the high school there there's a way to contract there there are there are things that we can do and um we don't want to provide free service to an organization who's not part of this rta but we shouldn't just exclude them without looking well, I'd argue that's a longer conversation than we have time available. Uh, next month conversation. With gypsum? Yeah. I just wanted to right. clarify that. No, well, to get gypsum on board with anything would require six months minimum. So let's, it's Eagle. Vail Transportation, in my mind, Eagle Vail Transportation Center. And then we can begin, once that's established, we can have as much conversation with gypsum as we wish. And the only other comment I had was um, something we need to think about are the unintended consequences, meaning if it's fare free from Avon to Vail, which is great, it's going to happen. But it's then going to be cheaper for me to park at the Beaver Creek lots for $10, take the bus to Vail to go ski, and then we have a parking issue in Avon and Beaver Creek. It's just something to watch out for once we start this it, it, process. Good point. Uh, but 
those rates are adjustable pretty quickly. I understand that. I'm I'm just saying. Even I think <laughs> we, Ben Barry would adjust we get his rates accordingly there, as well. There there is a, a quickly implementable solution. Right. It's just something we need to look at. Yeah. Thanks. I agree. Yeah. No, and I definitely think if we did do a fare free pickup at Freedom Park in Edwards, we would be creating a park and ride in Edwards specifically to get on those fare free those couple of fare free routes. Our locals figure it out. Our, our local community will find the efficiencies real quick. We will learn from them real quick. Those, uh, thank you for those words of wisdom um, from both of you. Do either of you have any more discussion on this? Okay, so I believe we're looking for board approval to move forward with the SB plus contract, is that correct? Correct. Okay, I believe, do we have a re resolution? We do. Um, resolution 2023-21. Before we get there, I have a couple of comments on the agreement itself. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, in order of occurrence here, uh, one, I think there has to be some specificity added to uh, paragraph one about how those buses that SP Plus uh, is using are decorated. Um, I think there is no detail in the agreement about level of service and data collected that ought to be a part of the agreement you know, specific is about, you know, routes and data collection, you know, what and where those bustles will be. And um, appended with that is some notion of um, cost of the service. There, there are some general, you know, it's fixed and variable costing, but it should be linked to levels of service provided by the operator. And that ought to be part of the agreement. That second part, third one, um, I believe is part of the agreement. And it's addressed where they talk about the monthly fee for the bus, which would be their fixed cost. It's and in then, there. I'd like it linked. When I see a schedule, I said, uh, we're delivering these routes at these times to these places. Gotcha. And if we deliver all this, this is what it's going to cost. You got it. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Anything else? Does anyone else have any comments? Okay, so we are looking for um, approval of resolution number 2023-21. Would somebody like to make a motion and do you want to add your clarifications to the motion? Do, do you need... Well, I assume that somebody's going to take this contract away and yes, address those issues. If it's just related to the resolution itself, I move that we uh, approve resolution number 2023-21 
and get on with giving the voters what they ask for. Second. So I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, that passes unanimously. Um, I believe our next item is also uh, with regard to fares. Is that our next item? Maintenance. Okay, sorry. That was just a quick update. You have it in, in your text. Um, but we are, one, one, another exciting bit of news is uh, we're going out to refurb, um, refurbish up to four buses, two at, two at a time. Um, and that allows us to uh, get another 10-year bus versus our bus that needs to be retired. And it allows us to get that a lot quicker and a lot less, a lot cheaper. The bid came in today, or yesterday, came in under $400,000 to refurb that uh, one bus. So we'll probably send out two, and then we have a competitive bid too, so it's working out really well. So wanted to inform you of that. And I think wanted to tell you about the two former Beaver Creek buses we bought at auction. Uh, we purchased two of those so that uh, we would have a dedicated training bus. Uh, they're being painted right now. They, they were this god-awful green or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Some people love it. It is very Green's is very the color of money. I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> but we wanted them white, so we're having them painted. Uh, and then, of course, brought up and uh, some maintenance done. But uh, they're in good shape, and that's going to help alleviate some issues we have internally. So I wanted to let you know about that, too. Um, the county is also working on increasing their inventory on parts. Uh, that may sound simple. You just go through your computer pro program and say what well, parts, but it, it does get a little bit more complex than that. But they're working on it. That we're hoping will help our uh, extended down time for our buses that I brought up to you last month. How we have some buses that are down an extraordinary amount of time because they're waiting for parts. So that'll help that situation. And uh, oh, I forgot. It's it's in here though. But the total cost for those two buses from um, Beaver Creek painted and getting everything ready, 50000 for both. So um, that's really a, little, a nice, nice thing to help us internally with some service issues. Well, thank you, Beaver Creek. Yeah. Well, there, there's no warranty no, provided no, with those vehicles. <laughs> I, yeah. And in, in all fairness, uh, I, I had a word with some of the Beaver Creek folks involved. And they choose the buses uh, based on the frailest of the herd. Yeah, we're not getting their best buses. We did the same thing every other transit system. Okay, but yeah. For, for the applications in mind, I think they're appropriate, but they're, they are fragile children. Right. Um, I have a couple of follow-on questions just to... Please go ahead. Um, is this a eco-nickel or is this a EVTA nickel for the refurbishment or is it split between the two? These are currently, my expectation is these are currently eco-nickels from the eco-transit reserves. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, when will we expect to see these vehicles online? The new ones are refurbished. 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 Haven't even been set yet. Yeah, we just got the bid in yesterday. Okay, so when will we expect to see it? By next week, 
figure four to five months for return. So kind of end of this. Sorry. Kind of it's end so of close. kind of end of the season kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we'll end of winter season, maybe a little bit before, maybe February, March. Uh, okay. But again, you got to start somewhere, and uh, that's a lot quicker return. Okay, somewhere in, in my treasurer capacity, I, I'd like to have an estimate of when, if at all. EVTA will be needing some cash to pay the bill to get the buses back. So we can time that out. And it's not a big deal. It's just well, it is good to know. Yeah. No, I, well, it, we, we can pay the bills. I just need to know when to expect them. I guess Tiny and I will be working on that. Okay, cool. The last point is, I think this is a brilliant move, doing, doing the refurbishments, because one, it saves money, and number two, it saves time. Time. I got I to gotta turn to Lance right there. Our IT guy caught me in the hall one day and said, hey, Larry, how about, re do we ever, you know, rebuild a bus? And I said, yeah, I've done that before. Let me find out. So yeah. it okay. all started. Lance, for, thank so, you. So let's, brilliant. Uh, I applaud, yes, I, I I agree. applaud the I agree. thinking. I applaud the execution. Um, one number in, in, in the write-up on page 15 struck me is that buses don't cost a million bucks. Oh, they cost, uh, a hybrid costs about 875 Okay, but, you know, because I'm looking at what Beaver Creek is buying and we're, uh, for the next 10 years, expecting that it's You're about under 700,000. 700,000 for a diesel. For a diesel. You, you pop that out to a hybrid, you're at 800, 850,000. Okay, with op offsetting operative efficiency. Hopefully, 10 years of data says that, yes. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yep. Well, while you're here, um, Dow <laughs> Junction is going to maintain the same schedule as it has been traditionally, or? Uh, 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 I'm going to, once again, uh, I, I don't have those committed to memory like Jeff does. Okay. So, sorry, Jeff, you still eating? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is Dow Junction going to maintain the, the the same schedule that it has been over the years, or anything different? Dow Junction mm -hmm. uh, Forest Service. Oh yes, it's actually going to maintain the same service. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, won't isn't Forest Service part of Highway Six? It's both part of um, Highway 6, Minturn, and Leadville. So, yeah, so we will actually see increased frequency at Forest Service um, on the Highway 6 route. Correct. Those yep. So all of routes. those go first to Forest Service, then to Kayak, and then through Eagleville. So you will, you will have additional service on the Highway 6 route at the Forest Service. Correct. So all those green lines on that... Except the express. There's, there's the, 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 uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the expresses that we added will not be going through there. Those go directly from Edwards to Vale or Vale to Edwards. Thank you. Any other questions before we move on to the seasonal fairs? 
Um, and also, I, I know we've got at least one member of the public on online on Zoom. Um, she hasn't raised her hand, has she? Okay. So please, if um, any of these topics have public comment that would like to be made, just raise your hand on Zoom and we will, we will get you involved. Um, so with that, we are going to the 23-24 seasonal fair and Tanya, that's you, correct? Correct, yeah. So this is another one of these. As we're moving from the eco-transit to the EVTA transition, we're gonna find ourselves dealing with a number of questions that are kind of crossover questions where we have to move from one way of doing it to another way of doing it, from the old board to the new board. And one of those is gonna be fair policy, how we set fares, how we look at fares. Ecotransit set a new fair policy in the fall of last year, which, which recommends that we go to the board, we, we discuss um, we discuss fair performance with the board every year in advance of our in, in advance of the budget process, um, and that fair fair policy had a couple of expectations in it. One is that EcoTransit would see a fare box recovery ratio of approximately 20%, and that's basically the um, the ratio of our operating expenses that's covered by the fares that we collect from passengers. And that's kind of a soft target for the system. The expectation would be that we want the system to be around that. Um, if the system is not around that, we have a conversation. If it's under about where we, we could adjust. If it's over, we perhaps have a conversation about whether um, there are opportunities to provide some fare relief to customers um, or otherwise adjust, adjust our fares. Uh, this is the time of year when we would normally do our fare setting. And so I wanted to bring this question to this board um, with a little bit of an update on where we are and where Ecotransit has been in terms of fare collection. Uh, this year, as of August 30th, Ecotransit had actually collected 97% of what had been budgeted for the year. Um, that's before some of the big pass sales we usually see in the winter. Um, so it, you know, I would venture a guess that we're going to be looking at more of 110, 115% of budgeted fares um, if we were to continue collecting fares um, as normal into the winter season. Um, that is a fare box recovery ratio of about 22.5%, so over that 20% target. Um, so a very healthy recovery ratio there. Now in thinking about the EVTA, the EVTA's goals, how the EVTA wants to move forward, we know that the EVTA has part of its policy, a commitment to a fare-free zone, which is already defined as a pretty substantial portion of the system. Um, in looking at projections for fare revenue, you know, Ecotransit today collects between uh, the, current, the current budgeted amount is $1.5 million. Um, the estimates we have for full build out of the fare of the fare-free system would reduce that revenue expectation by about 77%. Um, so that's a pretty significant um, decrease in overall fares, a pretty significant decrease in what we would see as a fare box recovery ratio, and I think an indication that a fare box recovery ratio of 20% isn't necessarily something um, that the RTA is, is, is going to be prioritizing moving forward. Um, one of the thoughts we had in looking at this and in thinking about that general expectation of lower revenue levels moving forward is that as we look ahead to this winter season, we could have the opportunity to use some of our resources to provide a measure of fair relief across the existing eco-transit system. Um, as you're aware in our conversations around fare-free and the implications of fare-free, going to full-on fare-free would likely result in a tremendous increase um, far above what we're capable of, 
of accommodating at this point, but a smaller reduction in either the cost of a single purchase pass, the cost of monthly passes, the cost of passes we sell in bulk to employers would have a slightly smaller increase while provide a slightly smaller impact on um, that overall the overall ridership increases while still having a real impact on people's lives and their ability to get to and from where they want to get at an affordable price. Um, so we thought we would bring before the board a couple of recommendations for potential fair relief actions that we could take for this winter season. Um, the first one would be to increase our employer pass bulk discount. Uh, Ecotransit currently sells passes to employers at a 15% discount. They do have to fill out an online form, work through our process, um, be, with it, be in our system. That's a 15% discount today. We're looking at um, increasing that discount to potentially increasing that discount to 30%. Um, a second option uh, would be to implement a system-wide discount on regular fares. And again, we're looking at, it would be a, approximately a 25% fare reduction, taking that regular fare from $4 to $3. A third potential option would be discounting the regular monthly pass. Um, that comes in at roughly, um, for ease of math, we would, we would look at, at decreasing that from $85 to $65. Um, that comes up as approximately, it's a 23.5% reduction. Um, in your memo, you kind of have some calculations there of what the foregone revenue would be. If all of these came together in combination, that's approximately a $500,000 foregone, uh, $500,000 of foregone fair revenue. Um, if, if you chose one or the other, then it would be um, slightly less corresponding to that action. You know, these three actions are the ones that we kind of looked at and thought, what's something that has an impact? What's something that our administrative staff can do and do quickly with the tools we have available? Because there are some limitations to how we can manage some of these things, how we can account for some of these things. Um, and then what's something, again, that is, it has an impact, it has, it's meaningful, but it doesn't bring us to the point where we're again creating capacity issues with what we have and what we can put on the road. And um, what we would expect to see here is a small enough increase that 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 wouldn't be an issue. So I think what I'd like to do is throw this out as an option to think about and to discuss. Um, if this is something the board supports, one or more of these actions, what we would do is we would bring back an updated winter fair schedule to the board at the following meeting for approval prior to the prior to the winter season. And so the transit authority would essentially be paying to the county for that fare reduction out of transit authority funds. Indirectly. So we're still working out components of how the fare, the transfer of fare collection responsibility is going to move from Ecotransit to Eagle County. Um, our conversations at this point with the county have an expectation that we will get the mechanisms in place for the EVTA to be responsible for all fare collection um, as of January of next year. So with that new January budget year. So there wouldn't be a cash transfer associated with this. How this would really show up in the, eco, in the EVTA budget is as a lowered expectation of fair revenue. Because for example, if we were to just assume EVTA is moving forward, operating Ecotransit, collecting Ecotransit fares, the fair revenue expectation for EVTA would look the same as the fair rev revenue expectation for Ecotransit today. But instead, what we would do is just have a significantly lower fair revenue expectation that accommodates for this, um, for this change in, in fares, as well as accommodates for the expectation that we are moving to more of that, 
a broader implementation of the fare free zone in the middle and, and end of next year. So potentially November and December, the transit authority might compensate eco transit for that reduced collection. Okay. Potentially, and that would I, that would be a conversation um, working with Eagle County regarding budget expectations. Um, Even yeah. you know, within with bearing in mind that the likely fair revenue will exceed the budgeted amount for eco. We're on track to do that. Correct. Yes. Uh, Even uh, with a fair reduction. Correct. We've got ninety percent of it exactly. in in the bank now. Exactly. That's a good negotiation to have. And I think just to clarify, what I'm looking for is direction here from this board as to whether this is something they would um, like us to pursue conversations about. Jeannie, go ahead. So you gave us three options, and I'm wondering if there's one that the uh, staff is leaning towards. Because it, it takes a little bit of analysis, and, and so if there's one that you favor above others, I, I would just love to hear that. Or we'll I, just I, vote yeah. for all three, and we'll just call <laughs> well, it. Well, I was going to say, I, I think um, what we see is in each, it, it, it depends a lot on where we think the highest value um, to our overall constituency is. And I think the combination we've chosen really hits on several um, of the needs that we see. You know, we do hear a lot about this is how employers need to get their people to work and they need to have an affordable way to do that. And we know many of these employers subsidize these passes and provide it free. So the employer bulk discount will allow, um, will take, will allow those employers to either more deeply discount the passes or make it more affordable for them to provide this as a benefit to their workers. Um, the others, the other two options, both the system-wide and the pass user option. The system-wide option is really a spread the wealth to everyone. That's whether you're writing it today, writing it once, writing it forever, you get a discount. Um, the pass option really favors, again, those, those consistent everyday users, gives them a little bit of a discount there as well. So I think it's a basket that allows you to kind of think about three different constituencies um, and, and um, whether or not there's something appropriate for, for each of those. Is there any data on how much, how many users come, like for the, how, ma how many users are in the employer bulk pass discount system and some that are wide, widespread and the other in the monthly? We do have, I mean, we, we do have statistics on, we have a, a spreadsheet and we can, we can provide statistics on the monthly pass, um, the employer bulk purchase, the employer bulk purchasers. Um, we do have a, a list of those. We also can provide data on the number of monthly passes that are sold. Um, as well. Are you calling on people? I'm waiting for you to turn your little green light on. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, it, I, it's an interesting thing with these little green lights because I was told always turn it off and so I'm waiting to be called on because they can only have three on at once. That's what I heard. Five. But, oh, five. Oh, well, yeah. I'm trying to follow the rules. So I'm trying to, to take my turn and, and get permission from our chair before I start talking. But I would like, I understand that we're going to talk about this uh, additionally at the next meeting. And so it would be helpful for me to understand if we were to reduce the overall pass to $3, um, what is that 
due to the percentage of discount at the employer level, right? The employer gets a 25% discount or something, whatever it is. Is that still, is that only a 15% discount? I, which is like the to, cumulative impact, I, right. I understand the question. So if yeah. you could work that math out for me, yeah. so I don't have to, that'd be lovely. And yeah, we'll talk next time. Okay, thank you for that. Dave, did you have another? Always. Of course you do. Um, I try not to disappoint. Um, <laughs> I think this is an opportunity for the board to take a, you know, provide bold direction about meeting all of those things we promised to do, including um, driving in big increases in ridership. And just to keep it really simple, I would suggest on page 25, which is the current fare schedule, that we, for the regular routes, whether purchased individually or employer bulk pass, we cut them all in half. 50% reduction. And I appreciate that comment. And what I would say is the issue there does become that ridership driver combined with capacity issues. I think if we went to 50% based on just our back of the envelope calculations on how, how riders are impacted by those fare adjustments, that starts to push us into uncomfortable territory with respect to capacity. That's why we settled on the slightly smaller decrease, although I appreciate that comment and, and Okay, well then <laughs> I'm not gonna give up yeah. on this because we're on our way to zero anyway, right? right? So, um, Except gypsum. <laughs> of course, except gypsum. Um, and, and Leadville, too, for that matter. And Dotsero and the, the, those other places. Yeah, Dotsero voted yes. Oh, okay. Well, cool enough. <laughs> so, my mistake. Um, then let's start with a 75% rollback or roll it back to 75%. Right. So four becomes three and eight becomes six and, and, and so on in, in it. For youth, seniors, veterans, active military, it, it's a buck. And then for the, you know, set whatever 75% of 35 and 75% of 85 is is the, the new price. And that would go into effect um, December 1st. Well, it would go into effect with the winter schedule, correct? Isn't that yeah, what you... Traditionally, yeah. that's when we update yeah. the fares is with the schedule change. With the so winter and schedule. When, and when is November that? 20-something. November 20 20th this year. Okay, yeah. okay so a, a good learning period to see what that does to demand year on year. Mm -hmm. um, and then we can have this discussion then in January whether we want to roll it to the 50% reduction that I proposed, and we can adjust it. But I, I'd do it at a, across the board. I wouldn't piecemeal it. It was just make it simple, make it easy to communicate. We will have between the additional routes ECOs adding, uh, between the SPA or SP plus news and the fare reduction, we have a great story to tell, and we should start crafting that now so that we can broadcast it 
um, ahead of this winter season schedule. Okay, so that would be my suggestion. If you know the board would like to see detailed analysis of what that might mean, let's have it for next meeting, but let's be ready to implement November 1st. Thank you for that. Nick? I no? Okay, so um, personally, I'd love to see at our next meeting both the information on what we might be able to do for a third, second and third. I don't feel like I fully understand the cost and how that is going to affect the system overall if we do the Eagle, Avon, Vale route. So I want to see what that will do because that will affect ridership. We definitely will have people that will choose to go to work when it's free. Um, and you know, so I want to see that as well as potentially, because um, a lot of me really likes the idea of a Freedom Park, you could almost skip Avon, but to get over to Forest Service and then into Vail because there, because that might be able to, that might be useful as well. So maybe just look at it um, because I do think providing some options that are fair free on a more, um, just a more fair, balanced, count, uh, district wide perspective. Um, now. I, I would love to see all of that in addition to what the fare reductions are anticipated to do to our budgets, because right now I'm not seeing numbers as um, concisely estimated as as I personally prefer to see. So I, I, I like the idea of it all. I just want to make sure we can afford it, because I also think we have to maintain our ability to to purchase new vehicles and you know to do what we need to do for housing so that our driver shortage doesn't exist. So that's my personal request. Um, go ahead. So I, again, I, I, I really feel as if we're, we're kind of attacking these things individually and we need a strategic plan for what we're trying to get accomplished. I don't think everyone really appreciated that Tanya was expressing, if we, if we reduce fares too much, we're going to impact our ability to, to be consistent with drivers and that kind of thing. And I will tell you that tomorrow, the, the RAPTA is meeting and um, they're going to be exceeding what Summit County is exceeding, I, I mean, is paying in wages. Um, that's my prediction of the vote tomorrow. Um, they have a union as well. So like this is, we have to be prepared for our housing, our buses, and our wages that are gonna go up. Um, and and to, to start saying, oh, we don't need our fares, we don't need this, we should, I just feel as if we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in terms of what's the overall strategic plan. And I think one of our goals is to be consistent, um, to be able to not cancel, you know, that, that people get on the bus that they're trying to get on, you know, we're not, we don't have that overcrowding. So I, I just am really cautious about just like, 
which is really unusual because usually I'm like, let's go as fast as we can and get everything done. But I, I do think we have a very good story to tell right now with the increase to the half hour service and um, a little bit of free fare. And if we were to do one or uh, of, of these options that the staff has worked on, um, I think we'd be in really good shape. But I do think we need, we need to be strategic about this. We can't just keep shooting at things. Well, all of these things were, are what we go towards, but don't fully meet what we promised voters last November. And they were consistent with our strategic, the output of our strategic meeting that we, strategy meeting that we held last January, February, March, whenever that was. So I, I don't think we're doing anything that we didn't set out to do, either by way of promise or by way of strategic thinking. Thank you for that. Um, so it sounds like we don't need any additional direction on this topic at this time. We're gonna readdress with more detail and with perhaps a little more strategic thinking about what our volumes are gonna look like, because that's what I'm, worried about is is making sure that whatever we do, we have the staffing and equipment to m meet the capacities we're anticipating. And I, I know it's a little bit of a guessing game. Yeah, and I just, I just wanna clarify that I'm hearing the direction. So I hear generally positive response to adjusting fares for winter season, um, looking at still have two options on the table, full across the board, or maybe a mix and match of a couple things come to the next meeting with um, more detailed um, more detailed predictions regarding those cost implications, any cross implications um, of, of implementing things in anything other than, than an across the board way, looking at that 75% um, as a target for now based on what we know about um, what yes. we can and can't. Okay. Yeah, but one, one let's other, keep it simple. Okay, <laughs> very simple. Right, one, one other thing, since we will be addressing the budget, since it's budget season, mm -hmm. um, if you could take your estimates as far as what we're trying to figure out what's the best mix is kind of let that reflect in your budget projections and so we can understand those numbers. So which gets us to our next agenda item, which is the memo for the 2024 budget development going to say that was a perfect segue into the next perfect segue <laughs> perfect segue into the next element um, so you have a memo in your packet regarding some um, preliminary thinking on the 2024 budget uh, some of the assumptions that we're going to make what the budget is going to look like and I want to thank um, Dave for the time that he has spent helping me um, work through this and think through this as our budget committee and still encourage any other volunteers who may want to step up and assist with budget formation over the next month. We're still welcoming um, any recruits. First thing to highlight, the budget will look different than the budget you had for 2023. The 2023 budget we put together was very simple. One fund, really all a general fund, started to pull out different line items in specific areas of interest. But for 2024, we're looking at constructing the budget into four separate funds. There'll be the general fund, which is where most of the expenses are gonna lie. There will be a capital fund specific to vehicles, equipment, to vehicle and equipment purchases. Um, there will be that air service fund, which is that line item associated with any support um, the, the EVTA decides to allocate to minimum revenue guarantees or other um, 
other eligible air activity, uh, and then a housing fund. So we thought it's important to break out housing, recognizing the importance that this board has placed on creating an integrated hiring and housing strategy. Um, we would like to break out all of those expenses related to housing, whether that's investments in housing, um, whether it's leases, whether it's capital investments, as well as all of the fees that we pay to, to support that program, the rents that we collect from um, from employees and so on. So that's kind of the initial thinking is you will see four different funds, one fairly complex, the other three slightly simpler um, as we move through. On the revenue side, um, we are in talking to most jurisdictions, it looks like generally folks are predicting roughly or predicting flat sales tax revenues. Um, I know Eagle County is, is predicting flat sales tax revenue for right now. Uh, so we are looking at recommending that EVTA move forward with a a prediction of sales tax revenue consistent with um, this past year. It can be adjusted as necessary as we um, get more data moving through um, into the year. And um, when you're ad identifying those revenues, they're actually lagging a month, correct? Because we're going to be identifying them as revenue in the month which we receive them, which is the month after the one they were collected. Correct? Yes, I believe so. So right now, when we get Although to our... They'll be assigned, yeah, it's, they'll be assigned back to that year. So I believe the January still reflects in January, but that's that's actually um, a question I'll, I'll need to clarify how that shows up. And the lag time is more like six weeks before... Yeah, it's not we, quite right. two months, but it's a well, little more than a month. Well, that's why I want to make sure that however we do it, we start our budget, how it's going to look for the whole year, and whether that means the January revenue is actually the revenue that was collected in December because we actually receive it sometime in January or if it's February. Um, I just think that we want to use live when it goes in my checkbook revenue as opposed to collection revenue. Well, that's really a question for the accountants. I, I, I was going to say that's a question I'm going to have to defer to the accountant or a conversation where we may have to, it, to get them involved. We can do this on an, uh, an accrual yeah. basis. And, and that's what I'm asking okay. is, yeah, how are we going to do it? Because right now we've got a budget that we're operating on a cash basis. At least that's the way I'm interpreting it. So we need to do I couldn't remember those fancy words. We need to do it one way or the other so that we, it looks right. As long as we all know what it is. Yeah. And as we'll long clarify, as it is. We'll yeah. state it clearly and, and, and yeah. um, make sure that's, that's clear as we present the budget. Um, as far eco transit sales tax transfers, um, the expectation is, you know, as you remember in the budget this year, we sort of showed them coming in in one big lump. We showed them going out in one big lump because Eagle County was continuing to operate eco transit and continuing to to spend all of that. Um, we will see a differently structured budget in terms of the inflows and outflows this year. We are working with Eagle County through the Eagle County budget process to try and assign what costs are immediately going to be assumed um, starting January 1st by the EVTA, what costs will remain with Eagle County in one way, shape, or form. Um, the kinds of costs that are likely to remain with Eagle County are the things like, for example, um, any fees we pay to lease or to operate out of our existing facilities. What Eagle County will do is look at the revenues that came in, look at anything that has been an, an EVTA expense that's been incurred, um, that's reflected as an EVTA expense in the EVTA budget, and that net will 
come over um, as a sales tax transfer back into the EVTA budget. So there won't be that direct one-to-one -one correspondence. What you'll see is the net of any specific line items where there's an obligation to EVTA to Eagle County for a continually providing service um, on that expense, in that expense chart. Fair revenue is another area where, as I mentioned in the previous conversation, there is an expectation that we'll have things in order for EVTA to be completely responsible for collecting and accounting for all fares for the system, however EVTA chooses to set policy and, and work with that. Um, so with that, we will see a fair revenue number. That's an EVTA directly collected fair revenue number in that budget. That will correspond to um, you know, the expectations we make regarding what, what portion of the system will be collecting a fare throughout 2024, um, how we will be phasing it. There will be assumptions embedded in there about how we will be phasing in that fare-free zone, um, as well as any assumptions we make about changes or alterations to fares within the areas, within the zones um, where fares are currently projected. On the expense side, uh, the assumptions that you will see um, is that the full transition of Ecotransit operating of operating responsibilities will take place in mid-2024. We haven't set the press the button date exactly. We're discussing what the press the button date is with a recognition that that press the button date is gonna be a press the button date on paper for accounting purposes, for, for budgeting purposes for now. And as we work through the various different elements of that transition, um, we'll have a better understanding of when and how some of those other pieces are gonna go over. When I say that full transition, you know, the, the big budget numbers we're gonna see being Eagle County expenses earlier in the year and EVTA expenses later in the year, those are those things associated with that direct operating provision. So it's gonna be those operator salaries, it's gonna be the support staff salaries, it's gonna be um, you know, the benefits associated with those salaries um, and it'll be other costs associated with vehicles, vehicle insurance, depending on when and how we get all of that, all of those capital assets moved over to um, formally being EVTA responsibilities. Um, we will use that eco-transit, those current eco-transit expenditures as a baseline, but I do expect that as we're moving through, there will be some assumptions we make about salaries, salary increases, um, inflationary increases, et cetera, from the Ecotransit 2020, uh, 2023 numbers that we'll need to adjust as we move into 2024. Then we'll have to layer on top of that any expectations we have regarding um, the increased service um, that we plan to add in 2024. Uh, some other assumptions that will be in there, um, personnel assumptions. Right now, the current Ecotransit budget starting assumption, 73.9 full-time equivalent employees. The rough budget number that we're looking at right now is probably going to be in the area of 80. Um, that's gonna include all existing Ecotransit employees plus a handful of additional positions that are not duplicated and that will be performing functions. Um, this number is another one where as we work through operational plans during the year, it could um, ebb and flow in different directions um, based on whether there is a contracting element to future service or not. We will also include a minimum fund balance, capital and um, capital reserve. The air service fund element, uh, we will have the um, EG Airlines representatives and um, airport representatives come and talk to us at the next meeting, talking to us a bit about service plans and updates for next year. That will be um, an opportunity for you all to um, hear what they are thinking in terms of any minimum revenue guarantee needs and add um, 
whatever you may wish to add um, to that for the, the 2024 budget. And then lastly, just to kind of review the calendar dates, you all sit on other boards for other jurisdictions, so I think you're well aware of budget season and what it looks like. Um, this is our kickoff. We will be having, I, I do have a meeting with um, many different elements in Eagle County in late September, and then um, should be able to bring the draft, the draft budget to you all in October. We'll have some discussion there. Um, the goal will be to have that public hearing and adopt the budget in November. Depending on how things go, uh, we, may, we may have a need for some additional um, meetings in there, the formal or work sessions in there. Um, I'll do my best to get to everything as completely as I can and keep it limited to this time. Um, we'll see how things unfold. And then finally, we do have that, but that deadline to formally submit the budget to DOLA by December of this year. Um, and then the last thing, just again, talking through budget expectations, um, we don't have a formal supplemental budget process established yet. I think that is something that when we have a, a finance director, those will be some of the decisions they'd like to make. But for this year, we um, are suggesting that we do have a quarterly scheduled supplemental process because we know that things will be changing. They'll be changing quickly. All of the assumptions that we're making in the 2024 budget, once again, could change pretty rapidly depending on how quickly or how slowly we're able to unstick um, different parts of that transition. Thank you very much for that. Um, is there anyone else who would like to be on the budget committee? Okay, seeing none, you can, I, I'll be on the budget committee. Um, I love numbers. So uh, with that, let's move on. Thank you. Yes, I'm happy to look at numbers. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our branding project update. So I will move through this quickly as we're starting to run low on time. Um, you have a memo in your packet that kind of summarizes what we've been doing to date on the branding process. Um, following that initial meeting, we've had some, a number of stakeholder sessions, five total, three of them were in person, two of them were virtual, um, engaged approximately 25 people to try and get some feedback on names, ideas, and system. And uh, there was a lot of really good conversation, a lot of really good, um, a lot of really good observations. Um, but based on kind of our, our circling up and discussing it with Studio Six, um, with Bill, with Diana on the Eco Transit team, we don't quite feel like we're, we don't have our fingers in what we want to have our fingers in yet. We're still, we're still trying to get there. Um, and so we've talked through. We would like to take a little bit more time to do a little bit more community engagement, probably more pop-up type engagement to make sure we're getting a couple of the, some of the constituencies that we're really just not seeing yet. Um, and that's um, regular frequent riders, um, members of our Latino community and seniors. Those are kind of three groups where we really have, had, have struggled. Um, to get folks. We had a couple of creative ideas to try and rope people in and, and get them into some of the sessions. We weren't successful. Um, so we'd like to work a little bit harder there. You know, what we have seen again is settling around some common themes. We've also seen a real interest um, in continuing to use some sort of animal as a symbol. And even though several animals have kind of bubbled up and circled around, it seems the eagle is coming back again and again as really that, that thing that um, is where the closest to consensus. Um, so, as we move forward, 
Any thoughts, appreciation, or connections, um, any other ideas that you might have, feel free to, to shoot them to me formally or informally um, about who else we can get engaged. Um, we do want to do this right, and we think it's important to take a little bit of extra time. Um, we do think we're making a lot of progress, but we don't think we have that, that aha moment yet where we've really settled on, on that name um, and that, that, that symbol that's going to help us build everything else that we want to around it. Dave? Has Studio 6 ridden the buses where they can't get off <laughs> in, in, in badgered people about that's, what they think? They've, they've had conversations when they were here for their first meeting, and that's actually exactly what, we've, we, what we talked about on the last call, is we are, we're going to have them probably um, go to so the So they haven't done it center. yet, but they will do it? They, they will do more of it. They've more done some. Okay. They, they did it as part of their initial round of conversation when they came okay. here, but they didn't do that with focused with some of the, you know, the, it, the names and symbols that we've, we've got it, now and to get some feedback it, on that. I don't know what the timing is, but are we on track to have new graphics and new vinyl on our buses come January no. 1? No, we no. will not. That will go on that. How about when? I don't know that I can comfortably make that estimate because the graphics and the vinyl will be an additional creative process once we've settled on the name and the sort of graphic vision, which is where they are right now. So the actual putting that sticker on the bus and what that looks like is another element of that creative process, and I, I don't know um, timeline-wise okay. how long we can expect them to well, get from name to that. It, I can ask. I'll get yeah, us. It'd be good to have an estimate, and yeah. if we can't make it, right. it's another bit of publicizable right. news when we do have the new look. So. Do, do we think that we will be able to do a distinct look for the um, SB plus vehicles, meaning, I mean, I just envision, um, and whether it's just the Vale, Avon, Beaver Creek one, you know, that's, you know, the blue bus or purple or whatever the color. No, SB plus, we're going to try to keep the same as Eco, actually. We're painting them white and we're going to put some Eco tags on it because to, to the public, it's still an Eco bus. But I think the distinction, in my mind, okay. I think the word free needs oh, oh, to physically be on the V. Like, in my mind, it might look very eco-ish, but it would be free or fair-free express or yeah. fair-free yeah, Vail yeah, Beaver Creek express. Yeah. Because, because looking at an eco bus, you're going to think you're getting out your money. And looking at anything that's fare free, it's truly going to, and I don't think we need to have our permanent graphics, but I think from a consumer perspective, when you're sitting up there at the Vail Transportation Center, it should be, oh, get on the yellow, you know, I'm going to pick a color, yellow, because we don't have yellow buses. Get on the yellow bus, that's the fare free. Yeah, school buses. <laughs> Okay, I don't think of that as yellow. That's orange. But but my my point is the graphics in my mind having the word free in the in the graphics is going to make it so that anybody who cuz everyone knows an Avon bus is free. Everyone knows the Green Beaver Creek buses are free. Everyone knows the Vale buses are free. Everyone thinks they're going to pay a fare on an eco bus. So if we're going to do a free bus, 
I think it needs to look distinct and easily recognized so anybody walking up can say, oh, there's the free yellow bus. That's the one you want. So that's my thought. Yeah, and I think that's within within our, our power, given that agreement with SB+. Plus. And I agree. I think it could be, we could even do something fun, name this bus, <laughs> free, name this free bus. Um, that could also be, in a way, an outreach tool for some of this branding um, that, we, that we do. So. Jeannie? So going back to the branding, um, the naming, I just want to make sure that somebody has told uh, Studio 6, is that what they're called, Studio 6, that um, we have a pretty big... Um, community event this weekend, uh, Fiesta America, Americas, that's in Gypsum. And it's, it is trying to connect the Latina community to, um, it's, this is a big, big, big celebration. And we should be actually going to events that, that folks go to, as opposed to um, expecting them to fill out a survey online. So it's, it's at the Gypsum um, Amphitheater Sunday afternoon. One to sometime six or so. Uh, it's big event, big fun. How many years have they been doing it? I do not know. I think they took a couple years off with the pandemic. I think this is like a refresh. Do you know? No idea. I know it's, it's down in gypsum. that other town. Yeah, it's so they, the second there one. There was one once before. Um, like, going back, because I happened to be running for election when it happened. I just remember going. Huh. <laughs> Funny how a politician yeah, remembers like, the, but their it, elections. But that, was, that was probably easily four years back. Um, I think they, they're... But it's this weekend, and this would be an opportunity for the... If you're trying to connect with that community. That's a great point. Also, the county has a seniors program, too, so plugging into that might be efficient. Okay, does anyone else have any thoughts on naming or branding? Yeah, I keep seeing Soar Like an Eagle. That's what I see, and I can come up with a song to go with that. Um, I kind of like the links, because it's kind of a double on Because it links, yep, that's a good one, too. Are those both in the mix? They're, they're, they're both in the mix. Um, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. You know, I've sat in on, on most of the sessions, and every single session they come out and they're like, oh, yeah, there's some great names. And it's like three great names one place, three great, three great names at the next one, different great names, and, and the one group doesn't like the other three names. <laughs> so we're still kind of, That's... we're triangulating. We're getting there. We're getting closer. Um, but a lot of excitement around it from the folks that we've engaged. So I think when we get this right, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, that sounds terrific. Um, does anyone have any questions with regards to our branding update? And I think that puts us to one more little thing. Communications update. Oh, look, there's Bill. Oh, hey, board members. Uh, real quick, um, Tanya's wrapping up her visits to all of your jurisdictions. I think that wraps up uh, here in a couple weeks. Um, and so as Tanya's wrapping those up, we're working to broaden out to community groups across the Eagle Valley. So um, I'm trying to help Tanya get scheduled into rotaries. Uh, Chris Romer's helping to plug her into some things. Um, if you have any organizations, groups, nonprofits in your community you'd like to see a RTA presentation at, 
let me know. Um, I can also shoot around an email to all of you board members asking for that feedback if you have any of those groups. And then, uh, you know, we, we do understand that there's more public interest in hearing updates um, from uh, the EVTA. So, you know, we're gonna be working on more press releases to update these decisions that are getting made here over the next few board meetings so people can see that momentum and that things are starting to happen uh, with their tax dollars and with this transit pledge that we made at the ballot. So that's what we're gonna be focused on here in the fall is upping the communications to the community. Thank you for that, Bill. Does anyone have any questions for Bill? Okay, Tanya. Executive Director's Update Future Topics. All right, so just a few things to highlight uh, for this month. You see the res revenue numbers, July sales tax, just over $1 million, bringing us to just over $7.9 for the year, so continuing to be on track um, and bringing in the funding. Uh, for progress on kind of the 60-day look ahead, just a few things I wanna highlight. Um, EVTA.org is active. If you go there now, it's going to redirect us to the old website, um, but it is there as the address that we're using. Um, we'll be able to do lots of things with that moving forward, but we have it associated with the website. We've also created an EVTA.org email. Uh, so I will begin to send you emails from that EVTA.org account, start transitioning things over there. Um, we'll be building that out moving forward. That's a pretty exciting, exciting step in uh, getting us the legitimacy we need to communicate as the organization that we are, separate and independent of Eagle County. Um, we've also been able to get four positions up for hiring, and I'll be getting the word out more about those. Um, during the rest of this week, but I've got four positions that are up and advertised. It's our Director of Innovation and Technology position, it's our Chief Administrative and Financial Officer position, and then it is a Director or Manager of Finance and Director or Manager of Human Resources or um, People and Culture positions. Um, those two are advertised as alternatives depending on the candidate and the experience level um, and, and how those are hired will kind of depend on the combination of candidates that we get and their skill sets for that chief admin and financial officer position and those um, finance and NHR positions. They're currently up on the EVTA website. I've got them up on indeed.com and I'm gonna be working on, and I've put them in LinkedIn through some transit channels. Uh, so I'll be looking to um, try and do some information aware, um, re, uh, information and awareness and um, recruitment on those positions over the next couple of weeks. Okay, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Do we still have an active or <laughs> do have an active or inactive personnel committee? We're active, right, Earl? Yes, we're still active. Okay, and I assume that you, the two of you will be involved in any higher any higher for a direct report of ten. Yeah, I, I think we haven't we haven't um, discussed the protocols for when we start to get applicants how we're gonna how we're gonna move through. Um, but Amy and Earl have both been very helpful in crafting the job descriptions and, and giving me and Eric as well um, and giving me some um, guidance on where, when, and how to to get these out. 
Okay. It would, in my opinion, be good to have a, an extra set of eyes as, as Absolutely. part of the process. <laughs> Absolutely. That is my intent. I just haven't asked them yet, so I don't want to commit them okay. to it right now. Okay. Forget about this conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, and I would anticipate uh, the process I'm used to at the Town of Avon level is that directors, we have at least a board member or two involved at the director level in the screening process and then once we get directors in then we don't get involved so much anymore unless for whatever reason Tanya would like that extra set of eyes that's just what I'm used to I think that's pretty common okay, cool. uh, and then looking ahead to October as I mentioned budget uh, budget submission will be the primary item I all, as well as a presentation um, from on air service updates from EG Air Alliance and the airport. I also expect to potentially have a presentation from Town of Avon regarding some housing opportunities, depending on how that shapes up, um, as well as we may be able to discuss health insurance and retirement benefit options. Over the course of the last month and a half, I've been collecting a lot of information. Um, working with Eagle County and other entities to try and identify some options um, for health care and retirement, those being really two of the critical um, benefits that we need to figure out, um, begin figuring out in order to move forward with any of the other hires beyond that initial slate. Um, so hopefully I will have that for you in October as well, together with the, the fair conversation um, that we, we identified earlier in this meeting. So once again, looking like a full meeting for October. Um, open to suggestions or any comments, anything that? So go ahead, Jeannie. Well, I'm just wondering if this time is working out for board members, because I've just noticed that we've, in the last little bit, we've lost two of our board members. And so I just, I just want to, I, I can't speak for them. So Barry had a child care emergency. So I. Yeah. This was. This has been ongoing. She yeah, says, I, that's I, ongoing. Yeah. I, I know that she has um, a work obligation. I think. It's yeah, and I don't know if moving yeah. it earlier yeah. helps in any way. I just think mm -hmm. maybe it's just to check in to see if this is still the time and the date that works out for the board. Um, well, I think with that opening, I, I mean personally, if we started at eleven. Um, I don't know, for me personally, that works fine. I don't know how the rest of the board, and because I don't think we want to move off Wednesdays, the Wednesday we've got. Great. Okay. Um, starting earlier is fine with me. Jeannie? No, I know. I don't want to speak for Dana, and I don't know if moving it earlier, I can start anytime. I, I'm happy to reach out. You know, the other constraints that we might run into is availability of this room, um, mm -hmm. availability of some of the, yeah. the recording and, and all of that. But if if we're interested in looking at 11, I can see what options may or may not be available and how that might work for others. Yeah, let's just, you talk to Dana and see what works. There. Yeah. Because if she's So we'll hear from you if you do choose to move it. Um, I don't think you'll have an issue with this room, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Okay. I know. Can you imagine? Um, oh. One other thing. I forgot. want to make sure you all know you're invited to our first annual rodeo, bus rodeo. 
If you haven't ever been to a bus rodeo, they are kind of fun. Not kind of fun. They're very fun. You'll have an opportunity after the competition to take that bus around. It's on our property. So uh, please join us. Hope to see you there. Take it around as in driving it? No, yes, but only on our property through the yeah, cones. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, small steps. Yes, correct. But it's really a, it, it's a fun day. Uh, people get to see you. You get to see people that are, that are operating our buses. and So hope you join us. So can we have a board of directors drag race? Uh, I don't think buses would do very well in that to begin with. So. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Pardon me? I was just say, be careful at how well you drive the bus. You may be offered a job. Well, well we will offer jobs right away anyway. <laughs> you. Okay, so um, I think with that, we come to the end of our agenda at 2.01. So moving it helped a little bit. Um, and we'll see if you find that you want to make an adjustment um, earlier. Just please update us as soon as that is determined. Great. Thank so you. with that, we're adjourned.